Hello and welcome to Between the Mountains podcast with me, Chris, and today we've got Nikki on the show uh, from Instagram. She Her handle is my name's Nikki. I'll put the link down below, but we talk about rock climbing. She's a medical student as well, so we talk about how the hell you balance being a medical student and rock climbing. Talk about mindset and positivity too as well, so hopefully you'll get a bit of a kick from that. I really hope you enjoy the episode. If you do, subscribe, follow share it with a friend as well but with no further delay let's just get straight into the podcast so hello nikki how are you doing today hello chris i'm doing great how are you i'm doing very well thank you very much it's a pleasure to have you on thank you very much for your time today thank you so much for having me so for those who don't know Nikki is one half medical student looking for jellyfish genes in an ultraviolet light and one half rock climber lifting and flailing herself up walls for fun. Nikki spreads positivity and motivation onto her social, not only to be hardworking, but also to get outdoors and adventure. So thanks for coming to the podcast. I'm looking forward to chatting about rock climbing and stuff in a bit more detail. What a kind intro. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be fun. Oh, pressure's on me now. <laughs> <laughs> so um, as someone who hasn't rock climbed uh, that's me what's the importance to you for getting outdoors and climbing oh man so you've never rock climbed huh no I highly recommend it so uh, I would say the importance of rock climbing for me it's a form of active meditation so it's kind of like yoga in the sense that you're focused on your breath work but with climbing you're more so focused on your next move when you're on the wall everything in your mind just disappears and nothing really matters except for your next move and you have that kind of fear of falling kind of intertwined within that so um <laughs> i feel like you you might die it's really meditative actually you know i recommend it <laughs> being on being on the edge of life and therefore living or something <laughs> oh yeah, it's very zen <laughs> but then you're attached by ropes anyway so it, it, most of the time i don't know right. I, I saw a video of you um is it what's at pirates cove and you're right, yeah. up there there was no rope on there i don't think you just no, that's bouldering yeah so there there are a lot of types of climbing but just to keep this short the two types that i mostly participate in are bouldering and sport climbing so bouldering, you're climbing um, essentially boulders. These aren't tall rocks. Um, and you have crash pads underneath you, which are like cushion pads. And you just do a few really difficult, like laborious moves. And then you like top out on top of the boulder or you climb over the boulder. And then that's the end of it. Um, sport climbing, on the other hand, it involves like carabiners, um, which are these like metal hook-like looking things that you throw your rope through. Um, a harness and a rope and instead of climbing these boulders that are only about like 20 feet high at max I don't know I don't I don't know like measurements very well I feel like 20 feet might be a little high <laughs> we'll go with 20 feet <laughs> we'll go with 20 feet you know if, if you're a climber listening to this and you're like 20 feet is a high ball that's not bouldering I'm sorry um but sport climbing you're like basically climbing 70 80 feet routes or even taller so that's pretty epic like <laughs> I'm afraid of heights and um but I try not to let it stop me so I'm I, fingers crossed that I should be doing a skydiving and then a high ropes course in August so may, maybe if I don't pass out on that I'll, uh, I'll try rock climbing 
You should definitely try it. Actually, surprisingly, a lot of climbers are afraid of heights. Yeah, yeah. So. so, as a third year medical student working among the pandemic, how do you get outdoors much at the moment and de-stress? Um, that's, that's a good question, Chris. So, it's kind of hard to get out right now because you want to you want to stay home and abide by um like the social distancing um standards that have that have been put in place so i'm trying to be respectful of that but also a a lot of us who climb we find our most like peace outdoors and so amidst all this chaos um where everyone wants to find some peace unfortunately we can't we can't go where we would normally go to rid ourselves of our anxiety. Um, so it's been kind of hard to get out during the pandemic. Um, been training a lot on my pull-up bar at home, <laughs> 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 trying to trying to keep some of some of my muscles. <laughs> I, th- I think you're joined by thousands across the world, all all just sat in their living room doing pull-ups. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I think what I've learned during this whole pandemic is that um, the quarantine 15 is definitely a thing and I'm going to need to do some mad cardio to burn off all the banana bread that's just living in my love handles right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, I mean, at time of recording, we're in July. How long has it been since you got out there Or, or, or is it just sporadically like once a month? Yeah. So I've, I've been trying to go sporadically. Um, and just like being safe about it. Hmm. So I had a, a couple friends who um, we would only see each other and um, we we kept our circle very small. And so we just associated with each other and then um, didn't see anyone else so that we we could keep our germs to ourselves, I guess. Yeah. And we would go camping and climbing like a couple times a month, like this That's past good. month. Yeah. That's good. I mean, it could be worse. You could be on, on the beach at, sat next to absolutely everyone and then going into the malls with no mask on. So, so. yeah, honestly, it's really unpredictable. Yeah. Uh, especially like being in the hospital, too. Um, you can see the physician burnout, or you can really see like how hard our healthcare heroes are working to take care yeah. of all of this. Yeah. Yeah. So thinking outside of pandemics now, you are someone who somehow balances being a medical student with being a rock climber and both require quite a lot of time investments. How do you balance the two? Um, So I will tell you, it is like walking on a (laughs) tightrope because (laughs) you're absolutely right. They both take a lot of time and commitment and they're both huge parts of my identity and I'm not ready to give up either one of them. Mm. yet I mean I can't really give up being a medical student unless I want to just have a bunch of debt under my belt (laughs) but but not much (laughs) oh yeah um so I'm kind of stuck with that one but uh anyways sorry I get off I get off track um I with the limited free time that I have I spend all of it at the climbing gym or outside climbing so I would say like two thirds of my time is spent studying. And then that one third is either like eating, showering, sleeping, or climbing. <laughs> the essentials. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I know, right? I mean, it's not like reading a book, is it? It's not like you can just quickly slip ten minutes in before going to bed. It's 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 getting kit together, making sure you haven't forgot anything, driving out to location, setting up at location, exactly, waiting for, waiting for friends if they're late. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. And then climbing at the gym has been really nice. So right now I go to school somewhere that we don't really have, like the outdoors aren't as accessible as um, they were for me back home in California. So I've been spending a lot of my climbing time like in the gym. Um, So I guess it's been more school friendly because Mm. I can just pack my bag, go to the gym, just spend like an hour there and then come home, shower, get back to studying um, as opposed to uh, going outdoors. But obviously the outdoors are more satisfying and that's that's what I really enjoy. Yeah, for sure. So you listed your five favorite things in the USA being Yosemite, Corona Del Mar, Malibu Creek, Disneyland and home. From a climbing perspective, though, where has your favorite place been in the US? Oh, my goodness. I'm going to have to say Malibu Creek State Park, because that was that was the first place that I ever climbed. And I went on a climbing trip with some friends of mine. And I absolutely fell in love with the scenery. It was beautiful. You have this volcanic rock, which when volcanic rock um, dries, since it's so hot, you get these air bubbles. Mm. And then once those air bubbles burst, you get these like beautiful pockets in the rock that like your hand just like fits in beautifully. And so Malibu Creek, not only is it very sentimental to me, as it being the place that I started climbing and where I became really passionate about it. It's probably the place that I've, I've visited most frequently. Um, I always try to make a couple trips out to Malibu whenever I'm home. It's where I've taught a lot of my friends how to climb. It's where I've met some of, some of my best friends. Um, the rock quality is amazing and the views are amazing. And it's just all around probably my favorite place in the United States. Amazing. And going quite the opposite to Malibu, have you ever considered doing any ice climbing at all? You know, so right now I live in Michigan, which we have something called Ice Fest. Uh, So they're really big on ice climbing. I've never tried it, to be completely honest. I'm very terrified of climbing with sharp objects (laughs) on variable (laughs) surfaces. Like the ice can break at any moment. Um, So I don't, (laughs) not anytime soon for me. (laughs) <laughs> so you're not heading out to the Alps this uh, next winter to go climb some frozen waterfalls, no? I mean, I'm down to go to the Alps, but maybe not to ice climb, maybe to ski. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> ski. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, we can do that. Yeah. Talking about the Alps and kind of not climbing, uh, which makes for a nice segue. Thank you. Uh, as far as <laughs> traveling more broadly goes, what does your travel background look like? Um, so my family really prioritized traveling growing up. So every summer we always tried to go somewhere. Um, I have just off the top of my head, I've been to a few countries in Europe. Um, my favorite probably being Spain and Romania. Um, I just loved. Romania. Yeah, it's a random one. It is, yeah. Yeah. But go on, I interrupt you, sorry. Oh, no, you're good. Um, Romania, I really loved the countryside. I thought it was absolutely stunning. 
and the people there were amazing and the food was incredible. And so I really appreciated my time in Romania. Um, Spain, obviously, um, I spent a lot of time in Barcelona. I'm a fan of Barcelona soccer team. And so that in itself was great. Um, and then as far as other places, um, traveled around Germany and the UK and um, <laughs> and let's see, South America. Oh, nice. Was South America more like backpacking or, or was that South... a family beachside resort sort of typical stuff? <laughs> It's actually neither. Um, South America, it was actually, I went on two separate occasions, two weeks each time. They were medical mission trips. So I went and um, actually one of them was more medical and then the other one was more like public health focused. So we built like latrines or outdoor restrooms for um, like poverty communities. And then we built like septic tanks and, and showers. And so they, they were more service trips. Um, oh, wow. Spent over there. And that then obviously, yeah, and obviously um, providing like medical care and like medications and um, physician visits to patients in those areas who don't have access to those things. So we did a lot of like pelvic exams. We um, gave a lot of people medications that they need for things like scabies or um, malaria or other things that are endemic to those regions. That's nuts. <laughs> that's, oh, yeah, that's that's pretty wholesome. <laughs> and you it's thought great. you spoke about it. it so naturally as well. Like, yeah, I just saved a load of people, you know, and then went home and rock climbed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, rock climbing, I think um, a lot of climbers would tell you this. It's a very selfish sport. And here's why you're mostly focused on your projects. It's it consumes your mind in a way where all you can think about is you on the rock and your next move and what you're going to do and what climbs you're going to hop on. And so I, I struggle a lot with this, with the selfishness that the sport brings me. And so I feel like a lot of climbers feel the same way. And so they like to find things that help the community so that they feel balanced in a sense. Like I know Tommy Caldwell speaks on this all the time, how he feels like, he's not comfortable with the selfishness that exists in climbing. And mm. so he, um, he does a lot of community work um, and helps out youth populations with climbing, which is really amazing. It's a bit like Travis Sims, uh, who is a guy I heard on the Stokecast podcast, uh, which I'd recommend other listeners to go listen to. Um, he was on there having an interview and he's a free diver. So he just finds tall things and jumps into rivers. It's a, uh, <laughs> just casually and um that's super casual let me just yeah jump into a body of water <laughs> yeah yeah finish work might just get jump off a bridge <laughs> but in the fun way <laughs> if my friends are doing it like of course i'm gonna do it <laughs> but he um he organizes i think it was uh it was larger sort of more marketing as well but he regularly organizes uh, cleanups uh, of, of all these different locations and, and natural locations to go and jump at because he, he was getting frustrated at how messy places were left. So so he, yeah. I, I think, if I remember off the top of my head, he yearly uh, has this event where they, they'll, they'll pick a place and go there and just do this mass cleanup. So, uh, so yeah, I, th I think I think it's quite nice to give back because you're right, I suppose. You, you, if you're thinking of other people while you're on a rock, you're probably going to fall off. So <laughs> Yeah, which I guess is like the 
that's really cool that he does that. I really appreciate that. Mm. Um, I think that's a really wonderful way to kind of intertwine your love for humanity into your hobby that you love. Um, yeah. Which, which we all, to, to an extent, are trying to do, right? Trying to yeah. be contributing members to society while also doing things that make us happy. Well, if, if you're not, give it a go. <laughs> but, yeah, I think most people, yeah, I think is, that's the general aim, isn't it? But kind of running with that positive vibe, um, I like how you said that one day we'll look, we'll look back at quarantine fondly. And I was wondering, do you find yourself quite naturally seeing the positives in everything? Oh, absolutely. And I get made fun of for it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Because um, you get some people who just like to revel in the negativity, even if it's just yeah. for five minutes. Yeah, I mean, it's not that. So I, I see the purpose of negative energy and I see how having a positive like outlook all the time could actually not be very beneficial to your own growth because mm. you're not really focusing on if you're always focusing on the good, you're not really looking for for areas of improvement yeah you're not growing if, you're not growing but if something is out of your control and you don't really have a say in how things are going to go if you can't change it then i choose to have a more positive mindset about it like in the sense like quarantine um i can't change anything about it the only thing i can do is wear my mask wash my hands and stay six feet away from other people um is it hard being out of work? Is it hard not being able to see your loved ones? Is it hard to have your entire life be flipped upside down? Absolutely. But I truly believe that we're all going to look back on quarantine, those however many days, 60 something days that we all spent at home, Zooming or Skyping our families and learning to cook and baking banana bread and eating whatever we wanted and just having a, a break from our typical day-to-day -day schedule, I think I think we're going to look back on it and say, that really saved me in the sense that it gave me time to breathe. Like I was feeling like I was just doing the day-to-day -day mm. and I was getting stuck in a rut. And then quarantine really allowed me the opportunity to kind of slow down, reflect, and do any um, growth that you need to do. I feel like we live in such a fast paced society that it's so easy to just kind of like bottle down or ignore feelings that we may have about ourselves or about like our relationships. And so um, having that time to just kind of reflect and, and think about the decisions that we make and the, and the meaningful relationships that we have and, and the intent behind our actions. And um, I think, I think quarantine has allowed a lot of people the opportunity to do that at least yeah yeah absolutely that, that's like a spot on view because it's going to be a memory one day as well so even if you're not enjoying it, it one day one day you will be like oh do you remember 2020 when we're all when everything just remember stopped? 2020 where we all wore the same sweatpants for 60 days <laughs> <laughs> yes i do <laughs> yeah it's um but you, you've hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it is just such a, yeah, it's a good opportunity to hit, hit stop. And it's nice to know it comes naturally. It's, um, yeah, it, I think for anyone who wants to think more positively, uh, I think, you know, 
it's you've got to kind of force it a little bit i think like for for me i had to like train myself to see the positive and now i like almost instantly <laughs> see it so right yeah no and then i think there's like a fine line between just like smiling and and having pain behind your smile and saying everything is fine everything is fine or being able to to look at your situation from 30,000 feet and say okay this is where i am but I am choosing to have this mindset because of X, Y, and Z. So I, one of my favorite quotes, I don't remember who said it, but you have to bloom wherever you're planted. If you're planted in concrete, you got to figure out a way to just kind of grow. Like yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't let your circumstances um, define you. I mean, everybody's going to have struggles. Of course, some people's struggles, um, depending on what you or what kind of mindset you have might be worse than other people's or vice versa. But yeah. we're, we're in no position to judge other people's struggles. But at the end of the day, we, we can't control the hurdles that life kind of throws at us. We can only really control how we handle them and how we grow from them. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, it's co consciously being positive, isn't it? Rather than because if you're blindingly positive, you're not going to see the realism, you know. Exactly. Yeah. In a I sinking like ship, going, but this is great because I can practice my swimming. This is great. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm in the splash zone. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Yay! Yeah, I no, that's spot swimming. spot on. Yeah, you 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 yeah, you put the nail on the head there. So. Uh, Talking a little bit about that positive and that yeah that positive mindset, I saw that you'd written a blog as well on mental health, and I'll link this in the show notes too for anyone who wants to give it a click because it is worth it is it is a good read. So, for you, what are, what are three key things that you would recommend to improve someone's headspace? Oh man, just three things. <laughs> I could write I could write a book on on this. Um, not because I feel like I, I know every, I just feel like I struggle with this personally. And so I've spent a lot of time reflecting on ways that I can improve this personally. So well, the um, thing is as well, just before you go in as well, I will, I will yeah. disclaimer for everyone. Uh, n not everything <laughs> works for everyone. And even meditation, exactly. there are loads oh, of yeah. types of meditation that just don't work with me. Like that, yeah. that tense your body and relax thing. I don't get it. <laughs> the, the you know, thinking, Chris, we're on the same we're on the same ship because I can't do, I can't do the whole sitting, which, you know what? I respect everyone who does this, but sitting in one place, closing my eyes and meditating just does not work for me. <laughs> I can do for this me, visual. Thing. Yeah. Like What's there's the like visual one visual thing? you, you imagine uh, obviously deep breaths when you're ready, you imagine a stream leaves going down the stream or whenever you think of something, you put that idea on the, on the leaf and you kind of watch it float away. And I find it just, massively pauses when my head's going haywire but i can't do anything else i can't like you know that you know the ones that go um tense your toes and relax your toes now tense yeah. your calf. like yeah. why am i doing this i want to sleep <laughs> you know yeah those to me those ones are actually really relaxing the ones where it's like feel the air going up your nostril in the back of your larynx to oh, your trachea and i was like i'm trying to not think about anatomy and medicine but even my nighttime <laughs> meditation is just reminding me of airflow <laughs> into my thoracic cavity which um well, you're maximizing anyway. negative time aren't you you're getting your revision in <laughs> even I you're am getting my my nightly review in my goodness <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um, so so you have written a blog on it you could write a book on it but 
generically speaking, <laughs> three sort of major tips for people to, to get their headspace in the right order. Okay. Okay. So just three very broad things that I recommend everyone do every day, which I try to do this every day. Obviously, I skip a few days because I'm I'm human. not like, yeah, I'm I'm human. I'm not perfect. But every day I try to live with intention and I try to remember three questions that I ask myself. What do you love? What are you working towards? And what are you proud of? So I feel like for you to genuinely navigate your thoughts and your mindset into a positive one, you should always remember something you love. You should always remember something you're proud of in yourself. What are you proud of? And then you should always think about something that you're working towards or something that you want. And if you just reflect on these three things every day, um, it really gives your life a, a different purpose because you're not really focusing on the mundane day-to-day -day things. You're not really looking at your to-do list for the day of all the things you have to do. You're thinking like broadly. So like for me, what do I love? Rock climbing. Um, what do I want to become a doctor? And um, what am I proud of? My ability to balance the two. And so just thinking about all of these things very broadly um, kind of helps with your, your like anxiety with like day-to-day -day things and feeling like you're not doing enough or feeling like today was a waste. If you just look at the big picture sometimes, that can be very therapeutic. Yeah. Do you find putting things into perspective, like you said, just applies for, for everything? Like you said, putting things into the bigger picture, things seeing things in perspective. Um, I don't want to say everything because I don't like like saying absolutes. But <laughs> blanket. I would say they are fixed. Blanket. If you do this, you're going to do great. <laughs> <laughs> if you wake up no. and you stretch and you work hard, you'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> there, actually, there's this motivational speaker that I listened to. And he says, if you make your bed, make your bed every morning. Because if you do, mm. then you're starting your day right. Um, and even if everything in your day goes wrong, at least you made your bed. And that's mm. one thing you did right. Um, yeah, spawn. Yeah. Oh, do I make my bed every day? No, I wish I did. But <laughs> 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 yeah, unfortunately. Well, there you go. <laughs> so talking about um, sort of uh, keeping your headspace uh, uh, in check, uh, not too long ago, you got injured. So what happened there? Oh, I know. That was sad. Um, I tore two of my rotator cuff tendons. Um, for those who are interested in kinesiology, uh, my supraspinatus and my subscapularis. And um, I did that bouldering in the gym. Um, it was my first athletic injury I've ever, I've ever gotten. And I've, I've been an athlete since I was a kid. Um, so it was, it definitely, um, it was challenging for me. Absolutely. Because something that I identify with so much, which is climbing, um, something that I spend most of my free time doing climbing, I, I had to all of a sudden stop. Because if I kept doing it, then I would get even more injured. And then God knows if I would even be able to climb in the future. Mm. So I think the injury was 
a really great opportunity for me to kind of reflect on my own happiness and my own identity and how I I rely on climbing a lot for my own happiness. So um, I wish I could say I had a positive attitude throughout my entire recovery, but obviously I had my days where I would mope and I would be sad, but um, I did all of my stretches. I tried my best not to climb. And then um, I think the universe also kind of realized that I was going to start climbing when I shouldn't. And so just kind of through quarantine <laughs> into the mix. And then, uh, Oh no, you don't. <laughs> said, oh no, you don't. I see you trying to get on that wall. No, I'm going to close all the gyms. You can't go anywhere. Sit your, sit your, can I curse? No. Sit your butt at if home. You want. <laughs> and just, <laughs> and make banana bread. And eat all. Yeah. Damn. Wish I had some banana bread right now. Um, Right. So yeah, injury is uh yeah it, it's I think you're joined by many who kind of start to skip the rehab and and don't quite stay positive the whole way through. I think <laughs> if you could find me someone who throughout the whole injury was like yeah sweet it's fine, then you could potentially argue that they don't care enough about the sport they got injured from. So because yeah actually or, or they're a robot. <laughs> they're a robot or they're just like in yeah they're just I don't even know. <laughs> maybe they just have their life together who knows but something really funny so the day that I actually like snuck back into the gym and I was like oh I'm gonna climb I'll forget it you know what I'll tear my shoulders some more I don't care and then I I climbed and then that evening I got an email from my gym saying we've decided to close our doors because of COVID-19 and I was like this is the universe slapping <laughs> the back of my wrist for climbing too soon i did this to all of us i apologize world <laughs> <laughs> yeah not just some guy eating a bat in the wuhan it was it's your fault <laughs> no it was it was not him it was my shoulder you heard it here <laughs> i'm the reason for this the world revolves around me <laughs> so talking about you you've posted recently about um how growth requires change so for you uh, i mean we've spoken uh, as an example you're proud of balancing the two but for you what is the proudest moment in growing as a person so far um I think for me it's saying no and putting boundaries up because that's something that I've always struggled with yeah I hear you with that one <laughs> yeah I think I I tend to be like a people pleaser in a sense where I like to make everyone happy and I'll just kind of put my own needs on the sidelines and not really worry about them because I would rather people around me to be more comfortable and happy. And so I think in this last year, um, I've been trying to be really conscientious of my own boundaries and setting those and being able to say no to people who um, I would normally not feel comfortable saying no to, but they need to hear no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I'm kind of on the same wavelength with you there as well. Do you find that it's actually strengthen some relationships too i definitely you know i didn't think about that do you feel like it strengthened your relationships yeah i i feel like because i'm looking after myself more i've got yeah. more to give to other people yeah because it's I all totally about investing your time with the correct people so the people who you always who are kind of leeching on you a bit you've got to be 
you know, say no because because you got to stick with your gut instincts because they're not going to melt if you say if you say no. So you got to right. put that up, and because you got more, I've got more time to myself, I'm finding the people I want to give it to are getting more of it from me. So yeah, and and at the very least, I've just got more time invested in myself. So. <laughs> More so, time yeah. to binge Netflix, really. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, okay, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have you seen Riverdale? I don't know. That's, that's the show that I'm watching right now. No, I but I definitely... <laughs> um, I'm on, like, episode two. So if you want to watch it with me, we can do that. <laughs> we can do a Netflix party. Yeah, I mean, no. <laughs> let me see what it is first before I don't want to commit to it. <laughs> Um, but I genuinely think you're a reflection of like the five people you spend your most time with. And mm. so if you're giving a little bit of yourself to a lot of people that you don't necessarily agree with, especially with our current climate, with um, all of the political um, conflicts that we're facing and all the humanitarian conflicts, humanitarian conflicts that we're facing as far as like um, human rights and stuff like that. Um, there really, I'm realizing there really is no space for people who don't really have like core similar beliefs as yourself and in, in, in terms of like human rights and, and ethics and just yeah. morals and stuff like that. Um, there are obviously a lot of things that you can have differing opinions with, with people, but Those I feel core like. set of values. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. year, I've, I've definitely said no to a lot of people and removed relationships from my life because of because of that and because of our current climate. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And yeah, it has to be done. It has to be done. I've got a lot of friends uh, from university, for instance, who I got on with brilliantly when you're there. And um, yeah, there's just no more time investment uh, in return. So I've stopped putting out there on offer. And and it feels fun fine yeah <laughs> it feels like it feels good <laughs> i'm like i'm not worrying about another like 20 other people i could talk to <laughs> right? yeah for sure so getting back to a bit of rock climbing um as far as training for rock climbing goes how much do you think the gymnastics discipline helps you i would say a lot absolutely i think gymnastics itself helped me with climbing um, physically, but also mentally. I mean, they're both really tough sports, mentally mm. and physically. And so um, I think being a gymnast, I coached gymnastics for six years after I, I quit. Um, and um, I think just like the muscle memory of it and um, the kind of competitiveness, I feel like both sports are as much an individual sport as they are a team sport. Well, in gymnastics, it's you and the event. You have your entire team behind you, and it's a team sport. And same with climbing. While it's just you on the wall, you have your belayer who's holding you up, or your spotters if you're bouldering. And um, they're both very similar in the sense that they're just as much individual as they are, like a collaborative effort. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's. I was thinking as well, even even just on the base levels of flexibility, like there are some still images of you on your Instagram where you've got like a foot 
like above your head and one arm one way and just holding onto the side of a wall. And I'm like, how the hell is a human doing that? So, I mean, yeah. I couldn't tell you. I think I get possessed. (laughs) (laughs) So last question before we get to some wrap up ones. So one of your Instagram posts at the beginning of the year stated what started as a hobby evolved into a sanctuary. What started as friends turned into family. And I think a lot of us can resonate with that. So what what advice would you give to someone looking to start a new hobby, such as rock climbing? Yeah, so if you're looking to start a new hobby, I think it's really important to just go into everything you do with an open mind. Um, open mind in terms of how you like see yourself within your hobby and how you see others who are also partaking in the same activities as you. Um, I think when I first started climbing, I, I started it alone. I would go to the gym, put my headphones in and not really look at anyone. Um, but then I slowly learned like the environment that I was in and, um, I have gained some of the best friends that I've ever had in my entire life from climbing. So I think if you're starting a new hobby, Um, pick something that you love or pick something that you might be afraid of. Like if you're afraid of heights, um, there's always like a form of satisfaction you get with facing your fears. So if you're, if you're afraid of heights, Chris, you should try rock climbing. (laughs) God damn. You might love it. You put that on me at the end there. I like it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I, I will try it. There you are. There's, there's, there's a recorded commitment to it and i like that too yeah Uh, just get involved in the community i suppose as well yeah 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 okay so some wrap-up ones if you could go anywhere to climb right now and this is global where would you go patagonia oh next (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say (laughs) are you sure you don't want any more time to think next (laughs) (laughs) when you're heading out to climb what are three non-negotiable tracks playing red hot chili pepper scar tissue king king kunta by kendrick lamar and um ultralight beam kanye west (laughs) (laughs) oh you you had it until song number three (laughs) (laughs) it's a really good hype song i promise I'll give it another listen. <laughs> um, and then last one, what is one moment that you would love to relive? Oh my goodness. This is not really a wrap-up question because I'm going to go into like a 15-minute story for you right now. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, so when I was applying to medical school, so about four years ago, I was having a lot of trouble getting in. And so I genuinely thought I wasn't going to get into medical school that cycle and I would have to take a year off and reapply. So that weekend that I kind of, the weekend that I kind of came to that realization, I went on a climbing trip to Joshua Tree with some of my really good friends. And climbing was the one thing that brought me happiness and made me feel successful and hopeful and all that stuff. But I was failing miserably on the rock. And then it was like in that moment where I felt like I was failing everything in life. I was failing climbing. I was failing school. Um, I was, I had some strains in like relationships that I wasn't very happy about. And I just wasn't really happy with myself. And then one of my friends, there was this one climb that I was trying and I, I couldn't do it. And 
all of my friends had done it and they were waiting to move on to the next climb, but I was basically holding them back. And so I turned to one of my friends who had been spotting me and I said, you know what, let's just go. Like, I'm done with this climb. Like, you, I don't want to waste your guys' time. And he said, no, 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 you're going to give it, you're going to, you're going to give it one more shot. And that's it because that shot, you're going to send it, which sending it means you're going to do it. You're going to finish it. Um, I don't know if I had to explain send it, but I did. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so I was terrified for the first time in my life. I was mortified of climbing. I like hated climbing in that moment. And I thought I would never climb again. Basically I hopped on the wall and I ended up sending the climb and after I sent it, one of my friends was on a rock a little bit further away and he just snapped a picture of me giving a thumbs up to the camera. And the next week I got accepted to medical school and at my going away party, he printed that photo of me on top of that rock with the thumbs up and he framed it for me and he gave it to me as a going away gift for med school. And just that entire experience, just all together, it just... It was just bliss, is all I could say. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Jeez. That sound, yeah, that sounds perfect. Just the wonderful set of events just coming together nicely. Damn. Well, listen, Nikki, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. And, uh, and yeah, where, where can we see more? Thank In- you. Instagram, I think, uh, is your, your, your handle is... Oh, my name's Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> and that's actually her Instagram handle. That's, that's not just her actually, <laughs> going full circle to the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. Um, perfect. I'll put it in the show notes below so people can link it. Thank you very much. Chris, thanks for your time. As always, I really, really hope you enjoyed that episode. I certainly did as well. It was just great to find out a little bit more about rock climbing and I'm genuinely going to give it a go as well. I've got that high ropes course in August and I'll see how that goes. This episode comes out afterwards so you'll know if I've made it. But otherwise, I hope you enjoyed it. Subscribe, follow, share with a friend. Have a brilliant day and I will see you in the next one.